Welcome to another episode of Behind the Sport. Brent's back in the guest host slash motorsport nerd seat. How are you? Yeah, wicked, man. Um, flat out as always, but in a stupidly good mood. Um, I've spent a bit of time up in Exmouth, and I'm still drinking some of those really fine Exmouth beers. So uh, looking forward to everything we're coming up. I'm, I'm yeah. happy as. How fantastic was our last episode? Like uh, Charlie Bullis from Supercars on. You know, giving us a bit of insight into the back back end of supercars and, of course, uh, her history of just kicking down doors and really not, um, you know, taking no for an answer to, to get, you know, where she wanted to get to. Yeah, and I, I like what I really thought was really cool about Charlie was that she was ultra professional but so down to earth and so normal. Um, and she just had the motorsport bug and it was a really different view on things. It wasn't like a normal driver type thing. Um, but she just was so passionate about it, which was, I found was really cool. And I made it through a whole, whole episode about saying motorsport turns me on, but I really think motorsport turns her on, you know what I mean? Like it's what makes her tick. It's what turns her brain on. Uh, and you know, like she's having some of the, the little conversations, you know, she's talking about even in the eye racing, when there's a battle on, you sort of forget it's just two cartoon cars on a computer screen. It's two dudes having a crack, you know, like or, yeah. or two drivers having a crack. And that's the racing bit that, that gives everyone the buzz, you know, that, that hustle. So, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. She got it, you know what I mean, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, cool people and um, definitely ladies that kick ass, Brooke Newson joins us tonight. How are you? <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for having me. You're um, in the Outlaw Carts recently. Um, we we will get to that a bit later, but um, they're like little. They're basically go karts done up like sprint cars. Pretty much. So I was yeah. actually there on um, Saturday night, and they're absolute beast of things. Like it's a quarter scale of a sprint car, essentially. Um, with a wing on it, 450cc KTM engine or whatever brand essentially, but, you know, you've got your open class there, which I'm in, and um, they, that's um, power-to-weight ratio is absolutely incredible. But uh, they're tough on the hands and the arms. i got to say that. <laughs> they kill me. <laughs> I'm hoping, um, yeah, one day, I'll, one day I'll manage to align times because I think we were, yeah, I was elsewhere that night, unfortunately. But um, oh, you got anyway... To- you got to get yeah. down for a look, Shane. They are, they are cool. And um, if you like sprint cars, when you see big outlaw sprint cars pulling wheelies, the the yeah. uh, the outlaw cars do it out of that back corner every lap. It's unreal. Yeah, wow. And especially yeah. when they chuck ten of them in for a feature, like it's so good to watch. <laughs> mm. And you can actually be rough with them as well. The first time I went in, um, I'd actually raced. I was pretty rough with them. I mean. I ended up on a podium, which was nice for the first time that I'd ever raced one. But they're pretty, they're pretty hardy. Like you can throw it in the corner and bang wheels pretty well. You do that in a sprint car and you end up in a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's always a bit of an issue. Um, now tell us, how did you get how did you get the motorsport bug? How did you get involved with motorsport? What was your, you know, from the first time you ever experienced motorsport? What was that? God, the, so my first recollection of any sort of motorsport was going to the Speedway with Dad on a Friday night 
um, at Claremont Speedway, which I wish was still around these days, but, you know, obviously they, they shut that place down in the um, year 2000, I think it was. But, yeah, we'd dudded roll out a blanket. We'd sit on the uh, we'd sit on the blanket and tell me and my sister would obviously go right up towards the fence, collect all the clay and the tear-offs that obviously had come from all the drivers. And I, before the feature, I was always asleep. I'd wake up and obviously walk them back to the car over Dad's shoulder. <laughs> that was the first time I remember. And I never, ever in a million years would have thought that one day I'd actually be driving one of those sprint cars. Like... Never crossed my mind. <laughs> the old um, Claremont Speedway, I think, holds special memories for a lot of people in Western oh, Australia. That um, definitely does for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that same thing, you know, you're being up right near that fence and, you know, you'd leave with bruises at the end of the night from the clay <laughs> hitting you and stuff and, and you could always tell the new people that hadn't been to Speedway because they wouldn't buy a form guide to cover your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say, you shouldn't say form guide. That's a horse racing thing. Yeah, that's a GG. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the race program. The race program. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to, you know, cover your head to stop you getting from pelting. Well, they're wearing light coloured clothing. You see some people yeah. turn up to the speedway and they're in like nice coloured light clothing and then they just walk and you see or like the, the ring of dust or in between yeah. the hair and the face. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously new to Speedway. <laughs> <laughs> we actually um, um, took DJ Labshire down to um, a Fast Friday recently and um, it was his first ever attendance at a Speedway and took him right up to the, one of the exit gates. Um, I think it was going into the the end that's got the mobile corners at uh, Motorplex. Uh, so, so, yeah, the exit gate anyway. Yeah whatever turn that is. Um, yeah. And just watching his delight, you know, as he got pelted with clay was just, yeah, it was, it was funny. And um, just like, yeah, this brings me back. And this is, this is what motorsports about, you know, those reactions of people that, you know, haven't been before finally get to go and, and see it. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, people haven't, didn't get to experience Claremont because you were that, so much closer yeah. to, to get that much dirtier every time. But um, I remember you were able to get a lot closer to the actual track, like the clearance between where they fenced it off to where the barriers were. And, you you know, you look at um, the Perth Motorplex, obviously it's it's a lot wider and the, the fence is obviously quite tight-knit as well. So you don't get as close, but you do get covered in dirt still. <laughs> Yeah, there's still sad spots. <laughs> Nothing stops. Even if you're top of the hill, the the, the wind from obviously the ocean being uh, the motorplex just blows everything up. So it doesn't really matter where you stand as long as it's away from the wind, I suppose, in the opposite direction. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I, I took someone down, someone else down for their first speedway experience um, from, from a spectator's point of view. And I was sitting further up in the stands because, because I knew exactly what was going to come, and um, she was sitting a lot further down, um, and was like, "Come sit down here." I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good up here. I'm good up here." Yeah. And then 
yeah, the first sprint cars went past and she got pelted and, yeah, came back up and <laughs> sat with me up higher. And they wonder why all the front rows are usually vacant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she says, she goes, I was wondering why those front rows were so vacant. Like Those are like the best seats. I'm like, yeah, until you get pelted. <laughs> no one's speedway, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so after after claremont um what sort of got you then to decide to go that you wanted to go racing in something because you didn't start out in sprint cars no so I'm, I'm still fairly new so i go back to or oh, when i was really young um dad was obviously racing speedboats down at the um just on a swan there just in front of um the Burzwood casino so they have a boat club down there and he was obviously racing and I was still at this point too young to be able to get in anything. Um, so it was about when I was 16. So I'd obviously spent a couple of years down there while um, he was racing. Um, and he goes, oh, you know, maybe you could get in a little wing boat. And I thought, oh, that'd be all right. There was other kids that were doing it at the time. So, um, yeah, I got in that. I did that for a couple of years and then um, I really enjoyed it. Um, actually as something that I'd start out in, you know, it was cool. Um, and then I stepped up into a formula three tunnel boat. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with those, they look like aircrafts without uh, wings on them and that yeah. had a 75 horsepower motor on the back of it. That was good fun. I loved that. And then I moved into a 308 hydroplane horsepower, uh, sorry, 308 380 horsepower boat, which was probably by far the biggest thing I thought I'd, I'd never think I'd <laughs> do anything like that. I was about 19 and I won the state open championship in that, which was pretty cool. So it was about six years I spent down in that, the boat club and we sort of, after then we'd had a bit of a break and didn't do anything for a number of years. And then it wasn't until um, I then got into circuit racing. So a good friend of mine, Ash Barnett, he was obviously doing circuit racing up there at the time as well. Um, so it was about 2000, was it 2015, I think it was. Um, my dad bought me a little Mitsubishi Mirage, so didn't have much power. And obviously I was always starting off the back because they segregated into classes. And um, did that for 12 months, learned how to drive and um, you know, got my, got my defense up. Now it wasn't until a year later, dad ended up buying me a Subaru. It was a bright pink Subaru and we thought we'd go out for a practice. Um, that was 2017, I think it was, or six, 16, sorry, I get my years modeled up now. Seems like such a long time ago. So yeah, we went down there for a practice and I think I was on my third lap third lap of the first time I've ever been in that car and I was coming down that back straight and I was I was going pretty quick, probably uh, maybe 160 or so coming down that back straight. I've gone to brake and obviously the brakes had just popped out of the calipers and I had nowhere to go and instant reactions to obviously turn away from a wall that's in front of you and I've done that and it's clipped the sand and rolled a few times and, that yeah, it was all over. I hadn't even had a first race in that car. So... We managed to get it repaired within four months, but it was still put a dampener on the, you know, getting in, you know, um, a lot faster car than the Mitsubishi Mirage anyway. Um, 
And then I actually did a enduro with Steph in 2017. That was pretty cool. But it wasn't long after that um, that we'd obviously, we'd gone to Talonbend Raceway, made the trek over to Adelaide. And didn't do too great over there. We blew a couple of engines up, which really sucked. And obviously financial aspect put us out for a little bit. So then we left, I think, for a couple of years. And then then I got the introduction to, to Speedway. Uh, and again, it was Ash, who, Ash Barnett who was racing Speedway. And um, me and Dad were having a conversation at the top of the hill um, coming out of turn four, I think it is, right near the bar. And he's like, oh, you should get into sprint cars. You know, it'd be really good for you. And I just remember thinking, I will never, ever, ever get in one of those. They are so dangerous and they scare the absolute hell out of me. I'll, I'll never do that. Don't even consider it. I won't do it. Anyway, next minute, Ash comes around um, turn three and a rod's gone through the bottom of the oil. Something's just exploded in flames. And it was, we were having that conversation right as it happened. It's a, it's a pretty out there photo for anyone that hasn't seen it. And it's pretty confronting, but obviously in the car, it's, you know, it didn't really look like that much from the in-car footage, but from the outside being, you know, nighttime, it just was a massive ball of flame. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, I think it was a few, a few months after that, I started considering it, even though it really, that decision really scared the hell out of me, but I thought, you know, this might be good for me. And I, I remember I was, I think I was cleaning the house one day and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, this could be really good for me. I got a phone call from dad and he's just like, oh, guess what? I said, what? And he goes, oh, we've just bought you a sprint car. You're going to get in and give it a shot. And <laughs> I, just, I just remember thinking, oh my God, I can't, I've been thinking about it all day. And I thought maybe I could consider it, but Jesus Christ, this is, I don't know what's going to happen now. So for weeks leading up to my first practice, I remember having nightmares about what I thought it was going to be like. And yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you just, you just went, yeah, I'm going to buy you, buy your sprint car and you're going to go racing. You got no choice in it. You pretty much. <laughs> he goes. Top, top bloke. Just Don't think, <laughs> just do. I think he, I think he lives his childhood dreams through me. <laughs> Bless him. But Has he got in it yet? No, no. So he he's raced sprint cars um, oh, years ago. Years and years ago, and it yep. was back in Sydney. I think he had a Toronto hatchback sedan. They, I think nowadays they would it would equate to a late model. But he won't get in one now. He's like, no, no, no. I'm too old for that. You know, this this is for you. You were doing this for you, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know like, I'd love to see, just, see on track. Just, just trust me on this. You're going to love it. And he was right, but it didn't mean I wasn't shitting my pants leading up to it. <laughs> Do you know what I'd love to see in sprint cars is a battle of the dads. I would love, that's one thing I would love is to get dad out there, even if it's just to have a drive, not to do anything crazy, but he just is like, nah, nah, I'm too old for it now. The last time no, get him out on a, Sorry? Yeah, get him out on a Wednesday. I suppose it's not oh, – sorry to cut you guys off, but what Shane's saying, because Speedway is like a, – it's a, it's a weird sport that it's quite 
there's quite a lot of family history and generations of families in it. Like my family yeah. members, it's the same. So there would be a lot of dads that would probably still have that muscle memory and would probably it'd be a cracker. Would be good. Definitely, yeah. Well, I wish he would. Maybe one day he might, but um, probably not in the near future, I can say. I've asked him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so when you jumped in the, the sprint car for the first time, how would you go? Oh, so it was um, uh, December 19 it was. I remember it started, so a couple of years ago now. It, honestly, it feels like yesterday. I remember just going out there and being pushed out and thinking, I have no idea what to expect. And then, you know, you can hear the engine turning over and I flicked it. And I just, I don't know what it was, that feeling of just like, oh my God, I just love this. I love the surroundings, the smell, the feel. I loved everything about it. And especially when I put my foot down, I was like, this is incredible. First thing I thought is like, I wish I'd started this 10 years ago. Like all the people that get in the cars now, like some of these 410 drivers, they're so young, like 16 or 18 or something. I was thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> but that was, yeah, instant reaction. I was like, I love this. I had the biggest smile on my face for weeks after. It's the best feeling. There, there is a very special smell about the sprint cars. Oh, I, don't, I don't think there's any other car that has that same that same smell. The burning methanol. Oh, it takes me back. The smell, yeah, smell of Speedway just brings back all those younger sort of memories that I've got with Dad. It's pretty sad. Yeah. It's, um, you know, like, so I was at the um, Nitros, the top fuelers, um, I think on the same time that you were racing the um, – outlaw carts and you know there there's a special smell about the top fuelers that actually burns your mm-hmm. eyes and mm-hmm. you know, kills your throat and everything but it's so amazing um <laughs> but the, the speedway the the sprint car smell like it's i don't i don't know how to describe it it's it's different huh? it is so different you know like you 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 smell you know like circuit racing it's you know, like there, there is a smell to circuit racing, but yeah. Speedway, especially sprint car, there is something about it that it's it just hits differently. Mm, I can definitely agree. It's probably why I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they've got some sort of like um, endorphins in the in the fuel or something, you know, like to to you know happy endorphins to make us all you know happy whenever we go there. But it's, I, um, I don't know if we if we could figure out what makes Speedway so cool. I mean, like I grew up around it with family racing TQs and uh, modifieds and stuff like that. But uh, if you could figure out what makes Speedway hit that way, it does you could save every form of motorsport in the world. And I don't know if it's because it's always sold, sold as a show and it always has that sort of dusk, cool thing about it. I, I don't know. But, man, it's, the second you hear a, a big lump start up and uh, or you get those dirt sprinkles in your beer, it, it's just <laughs> yeah, or on your ice cream if you're, if you, you know, um, you know, your old man standing up by the ice cream truck there right at the top with the oh, God, you know catching out. Oh, as well. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, an ongoing joke yeah. with Ash and Dad. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh, but if you could figure that out, that that combination, it just makes it so right because it will outlast any other category, I reckon, Speedway, like because it's just different and it people is. love it and all generations love it. Uh, I love it. My kids love it. My old man still loves it. Um, man, yeah. Mm. The um, so, you, so you're out in the sprint car. You got this big grin on your face. Um, how fast did you end up going in your first few laps out? Probably from the video, it's not that fast. But <laughs> when you're in the car, it's a lot different, I suppose. Um, I actually don't know how fast I go. I know the four tens are obviously ridiculously quick, one eighty or something stupid. I don't know. But um, I actually didn't do too bad. And I had a few people comment saying she's going to fit in real well. So I mustn't have done too bad. (laughs) (laughs) For, um, I guess, you know, from from people who um, don't understand the difference, you know, like, so with circuit racing, you're generally turning into the corner. But Mm -hmm. with sprint cars your wheels going all over the place which is what it looks like from the outside anyway so can you explain like how you actually turn a corner in a sprint car with your wheels going in every different direction it's like when you look at them you wouldn't expect the actions from the driver to be actually doing that like circuit racing and this was one of the hardest things that I had to try and overcome going in or coming from circuit racing, you know, you're slowing down for a corner and you're trail breaking around the corner, like going into speedway. If you lift, you're going to unsettle the car. You've got to learn to hold it flat and trust that the wing's going to take you around. Um, and I know that some drivers and I'm only just starting to learn it now is like really softly applying the brake will actually pull the car around so nice that you there's very little movement on the hands, which you think, how is that even possible? But obviously you got the right stagger and, and tire pressure set up in the car that it just pulls around and, you know, the aerodynamics of the wing is pulling the car down as well. But it kind of looks like when you think about it, that the driver's just doing this, but it's such small, subtle movements in the steering wheel. It's, it's incredible. It's hard to explain that. Because we're sort of of audio, I guess we need to sort of explain what you just did. It's okay. I I can see you. (laughs) But, yeah, you're not, you're definitely not reefing it into the corner, which. Yeah, so you you had your sort of like hands on the, on the, oh, let's see, what is that, three, four, five, say five and seven if you're talking clock well, and yeah. going, <laughs> going really <laughs> fast, left and right, left and right. Nine and um, three. And... <laughs> it's almost like driving a bus because the steering, you're sitting so far upright in your seat and the steering wheel, if you can imagine, is it's not like a race car, like it's – literally down as if you were driving a bus it's you've got your your steering wheel you're looking down at it obviously like a dinner plate oh, wow it's it's very very different yeah and your accelerator and your brake you brake something that you push forward it's on like a long lever and your accelerator is something that you literally squash to the floor so you're not pressing it you're actually squashing this wire sort of not wire like a like a metal rod you're squashing it to the floor 
So it is pretty yeah, different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no gears. I don't, I don't you, know, you're not changing through gears or anything like that. You've just got a, a quick change. You put one set of gears in um, depending yeah. on what track you're at. So you, you're not having to worry about gears or anything. Well, I just learned something new. <laughs> I never knew that about um, sprint cars. In all the like, in all the years of going to Claremont and even getting up and close with the cars and everything, I've never actually stuck my head into the car to have a look at that great detail. Yeah, very like, different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, how long did it take you from your first steer of the of the sprint car to entering a, a competition round? Oh, so I had my first practice at the Motorplex in December 19 and it was, I think it was late. I remember it being quite late in December and dad goes after I got out, he's like, no, nah, you're ready. You can, you can enter it. The, I think it was a pretty boy shootout on the 1st of January, 2020. I was like, oh God, this is, you know, I was so nervous, but, um, I was fine. Like started, obviously you've got to do so many rounds starting off the back. Um, so you're not getting tangled up in the midfield when you, you know, you're just starting out. Um, but yeah, I got, I got thrown in the deep end and unfortunately with, um, spring car racing, it's a little bit harder to go and hire a track and, um, you know, get practice in. There's allocated Wednesday nights at Woolpass Wednesday. That's where we were last night, um, that you can get some laps in, but, it's not like you can take these things off road and take them anywhere you want. It's specifically speedway only. And a lot of people that don't come from speedway don't understand that. They're like, Oh, can't you just take it out the dirt track out the back and practice? It's like, no, you can't. You've got to have the ambulance. You've got to have your push cars. You've got to have a proper track to actually do all your practice on. But yeah, with sprint cars, it's a lot harder. You don't essentially get a lot of practice unless you, you know, the motorplex is open on a Wednesday night unless you want to pay extortion amount of money to go and hire a track for yourself. And of course, each track would have a different surface and the grading would be different. Yeah, every track is so different that you go to, the setups. And, you know, I'm just starting to get my head around some of the setups that we have. And I just, it's, there's so much to it. It's not as simple as just throwing the car out there on the track. Oh, they're all round circles. You know, they all can't be that different. But, a lot of them are very different and it, mm. it takes a bit to get your head around, I suppose. I remember um, Claremont was well known for, because it was, you know, I think it was 500 metres and a relatively smallish track. But, you know, and and drivers used to come because it was, again, the drivers used to say there's something about the surface at Claremont, which was so different to everywhere else. So I don't know what they used to do there, but um, yeah, maybe it was the animals at the zoo, at the um, the show, trampling on it or something. You know, like who knows? <laughs> but yeah, every track's got their different feel, I suppose. But um, Motorplex is for me one of the hardest, I suppose, especially after the they'll always run our feature. Um, they well, they don't generally prep it before we go around our feature and you've got your slick parts and then you've got your bits that have the grip and it's generally right on the wall. And being a rookie in Speedway, riding the wall is not something that I've been comfortable with previously, but I'm getting there, but it is definitely harder. As a lot of the smaller country tracks, the grip is obviously 
pretty much all rounder. Like it's all through the track, all through the corners, but Motorplex is generally the only one that I know of that actually washes off pretty quickly. Do you find um, the, depending on who's on the grader, depends on what the track's like or, the, or have they got a pretty good um, consistency with, you know, the if the, if the same person's not doing the grading? I actually never noticed that, to be honest. Um, in, in I'm some sorry cases, if you start noticing that now. <laughs> no, no, I haven't noticed it. I mean, every track's obviously got different conditions, but every time I've gone back to a particular track, it's generally been pretty much the same. The only time I did struggle um, recently was probably at Bunbury where the track was just so ridiculously wet. We'd put the car into the walls three times. That was actually the Cricket Boys shootout just recently. That was a really, really hard night. But I don't know whether you put that down to track prep or I can't remember if there was a whole lot of rain the week before. I don't actually remember. But that was, yeah, probably one of the hardest. And I don't know, it never used to be like that. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll just blame it on being Bunbury because Bunbury is Bunbury. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tough night. <laughs> <laughs> I, lived, I lived there for a year and a half, never again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I admit that. Um, <laughs> sorry to the Bunbury people that love Bunbury. Um, it's so, a, it is a cool track. It is a cool track. I do like it. Not so much now that I had that bad run, but before that, I used to love Bunbury track. <laughs> um, so you've, you've got out there, you've started competing, um, how long did it take for you to start, you know, getting up into the midfield? Um, it's pretty much been mostly this season is when I've really, really pulled my finger out. And a lot of it comes down to confidence, um, especially when, I've, you know, I've, I've never experienced being in an open wheel car before. It's, it's not like you've got panels and your wheels are inside your guards. It's, it's very different. So... I'd say probably this season is when I've really, really been able to put myself out there and get into the mid-pack. Um, and especially um, when I was at Geraldton just recently for the 50 lap, I, you know, I made it to the top four qualifier, I think out of like 30 cars. It was oh, it was pretty amazing that night, but uh, didn't end that well great, unfortunately. But yeah, I'd say definitely this season, it's taken me a little while just to get my head around trusting the car and, and and not hesitating as well because you get other cars that have a lot more power than you and they'll come around you within a split second. It's like a swarm of bees and it's just it's having that confidence to not actually back off. And yeah. the group of people that I race with in the Limiteds, they've all been amazing. Like on my first rookie year, like I couldn't have asked for a better bunch of people to – you know, give me room and let me learn and, you know, the advice and everything like that. So I was very lucky in that respect. But, yeah, it's definitely taken me a, a good sort of year and a half to grasp it. Okay. When that's, yeah, year and a half, yeah, that's, yeah. I thought for some reason I thought you'd been in, in Speedway a lot longer. No, really, I'm still, like this is my second full season. So I kind of did the tail end of, 
the 1920 season and then I did a full 2021 season. I think I've missed out on maybe one or two rounds and then obviously this season um, being my well, yeah, my second season essentially. But, um, oh, I've just been hit with so much bad luck this season, unfortunately, and it's put me out of a few rounds and a few race, races I've missed out on and in the cart as well. So I feel like I've run over a black cat or something. <laughs> I'm hoping to shake it off before next season. <laughs> so you just mentioned the car and, um, you know, we did sort of speak to you very quickly at the beginning. Outlaw carts, what was it like? How did you get involved with it? Not outlaw carts, sorry. Yeah, outlaw carts. Yeah, outlaw carts. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Outlaw carts. Uh, outlaw carts, yeah. I was just thinking of something else just then and, yeah. Um, outlaw carts, how did you get involved with outlaw carts? So it was late last year that I, I think it was another driver that had posted something on Facebook. And I thought, oh, that'd be cool. Go and have a look at that. So me and dad went to Pinjar on a Saturday night and had a look at these carts. I'd never actually seen them before. I'd never heard of them prior to going there and having a look. And I said to dad, I was like, these things would be awesome to keep me sharp and keep my reflexes going. And obviously as a developer driver sort of development for myself, I think it'd be really good for me. And especially for my confidence, you, you can see that you can be a lot rougher with their cars, obviously over the sprint car. And, um, yeah, I put the feelers out there and I started looking on, um, that Facebook buy swap and sell for some chassis and one came up. Um, and then obviously managed to, I bought that and then found a motor. So I bought that as well and pieced it together and yeah, went out there and, Threw it around. <laughs> so much fun. Definitely a whole lot of fun. But yeah, they're, they're, they're tiny. People go, oh, I didn't realize how small they were. It's literally a quarter of the scale of a sprint car. So, yeah, wow. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many are you usually out on track with the, with the outlaw carts? Um, anywhere from. I reckon about seven to 12 in one race night and it's exact same format as Speedway. So you get your two heats and then you feature obviously. It, it, we run under Speedway Australia rules as well. So everything's essentially exactly the same. It's really good. And we still do the four wide when we have yeah. uh, the feature. We always do the four wide and it's just funny. You see these tiny little carts and they're right lined up four <laughs> wide. There's nothing better. Like it's it's so cool. And then you finally you finally got a whole whole um, sprint car sitting on track when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're definitely going to have to come and check it out. Soon. Yeah, no, they're, they're great to watch. <laughs> How many? Um, when does the season run from and to for those for the outlaw carts? For the outlaw carts, I think they are very similar in terms of the way. Generally, the rounds don't clash with um, sprint cars, but it'll be sort of September to May. Okay. Whereabouts, yeah, so it's very similar. And they do their best to obviously make sure that the rounds don't clash with any speedway rounds as well. So it's pretty lucky. You only ever miss out on maybe three or four of them. Yeah. Well, just um, seeing the background behind you, you've got a... Little little puppy dog staring at himself in the mirror. He's staring at him quiet. Little Brian. Actually, you met him the other day, Brent. Yeah, he's cool. He's gorgeous. 
He's like, it's nearly six o'clock, mum. Hurry up and finish because I've been working all day, obviously. So he's harassing me. <laughs> give me food. Give me food. Yeah, food or a walk or he wants to go to the park or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> Brian features a bit on your um, social media accounts, which is pretty cool. So people want to see him more than the racing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Brian. Or people will come up to me and they're like, oh, how's Brian going? I'm like, you know my dog. But yeah, social media. <laughs> He's such a cool dog, though. He's such a softy. My kids love him. He's such a little yeah. nugget. <laughs> Did he knock you over? Like, did he run through your legs and knock you out? You know, because he's like a little wombat. <laughs> That's actually a great name for a little wombat. He does. Like, I'll get up from my office and I'll go to walk out and he's got to be out the door before you. So, unfortunately, if your legs are in the way, yes, <laughs> it will try and bowl you over. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Um, so, what are you currently up to with Spring Cars? Because we, when um, when we booked you in for this, you said, great timing, just about to go away. So, where are you off to? Yes. Yeah, so, next uh, week, we or the 22nd, we actually head up to Carnarvon for the state titles, which is pretty exciting. Um, we've got the Friday practice. Um, we've got... Saturday, which is the state title, and then Sunday they're actually holding another race, which is the Sprint Car Spectacular, which will be nice. Um, we then make the trek to Exmouth. We're having a four-day break in Exmouth, which I've never been to before. And Brent, you said you just come from there. Oh, man, I, I get up there regularly enough, um, and, and I was really lucky. The last trip was awesome. We gave away a lot of money to the school and, and the council on that up there, so that was pretty cool. But... The, um, are you going to do any of the whale dives or anything like that? I actually haven't thought about it, to be honest. Um, oh, I, I don't know what's up there, so I probably need to get online and have a look. We've booked the accommodation, but that's probably as far as it goes. Oh, you've got to do a whale shark dive, and then you've got to go up and uh, get a sunset up at the lighthouse or at Witch's Point. Um, fan, one of the most beautiful places in the country. And then uh, pizzas and beers at uh, Whalebone Brewery, which I'm having one of their beers right now. Ooh, okay. Uh, so must do. Thanks for the tip. I'll have to try that. Yeah. And dinner at Manta's. If you're staying at Manta Ray's, dinner there. Uh, that's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous spot. Oh, nice. Thanks for the tips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And there's a, there's a go-kart track at Exmouth we need to get going. And uh, it's just up the road from Carnarvon, so you're going to be fine. Oh, amazing. Oh, well, we've got some room. I'll have to tell Dad to take the car. <laughs> Last time I was in Exmouth, there was only uh, the, the US base and... Um, some really dodgy donger accommodation. Uh, Exmouth is uh, there's a couple of really nice resorts there now, um, yeah. which is which is lovely. Um, a few good bars. It's a tiny, tiny place, like the tiniest, tiniest little town. But um, yeah, yeah. The, the scenery is absolutely stunning. People are ultra friendly, and man, the weather's fantastic. It's uh, it's a bad place to be if you've got a demon with drink because it's a uh, it's a beautiful hot place, but um, and so many cool things to do. Snorkeling, you got to get get a pass, go out to Oyster Stacks and um, or oh, the bay just before oysters. I can't remember the name of it, um, but absolutely stunning. Fish are amazing. So take your flippers, take your snorkel, 
You'll love it. Oh, I don't own flippers or a snorkel, so I'll have to go and get some. <laughs> I spend 99% of my time at the track or doing something with the car. <laughs> oh, man, you, you can't go to Exmouth and, and not go snorkeling because it's literally – Man, I, you, you like you see how uh, unfit I am. Uh, it's literally, man, 10, 15 meters off the beach, and you're on big bommy, you know, coral outcrops, and it's the fish are incredible, and turtles, and there might still be some turtles around. By the time you get up there, and then yeah, you go further out with the boats, you can get around the whale sharks. It's uh, yeah, oh, incredible. That sounds amazing. Um. After Exmouth, where are you heading from there? Oh, so the <laughs> <laughs> there's more. Um, so yeah, after the four days in Exmouth, we then make the trek to Caratha, which isn't that far from Exmouth, and we've got uh, Friday night and Saturday night in Caratha, and then we drive to Port Hedland and do one night racing of there. We'll probably stay there for the, that Sunday night, and obviously make the trek home on Monday. We actually did the. Um, spring car stampede in Caratha last year and it was so much fun like we I actually flew up there felt a bit bad because um dad had to make the trek up there in the truck with the car and all that sort of stuff and and I just flew in and drove to the track and rocked up ready to race <laughs> but this time I'm actually going to hit the road with dad which will be really nice because I've never really done that coastal drive up north anyway so I'm looking forward to it I um I lived in Carrara for a little bit. It was um it was when when it was booming. I don't know what it's like there at the moment, but it's um, still expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, luckily, I was working for one of the hotels up there, so um, I had a had a room in a house, um, which was absolutely horrid because there was eight people in this house. Um, it was a bathroom between two people, so there was like four bathrooms in the house. Um, still horrid though, because it was like a common shared area, and there was a loud chef that lived there from India, and then you had your token drunks and <laughs> yeah, emotional people, and the the couple that always fought, and oh, it was just horrible. Um, and then I got moved into a house by myself, but um, it was yeah, like the. $1,500 for like a room at one stage. So it was ridiculous. Um, but some really cool people up there. Um, they just built the Pelago buildings. Um, I was up there when they were building them. Um, and Blanche Bar had just opened. Um, and it was like fancy cocktails in Caratha. Um, yeah, but I never got to go to Speedway. Like I was always working like, that's all you do when you live up there is you work, 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 or go to the pub. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, it's yeah. a really good track in Caratha as well. But Port Headland would definitely have to be my favourite. That is a fast track. Like narrow corners, but long straights. Like it was fast. Yeah. Are you heading there with this, with this trip or are you finishing? Um, yeah, so we're going to do the Port Headland on the Sunday. So it's kind yep. of like it. they were going to run a Newman race meeting on, I think, the Monday night, but I don't think that's obviously gone ahead. But it's still three nights of racing, which is pretty yep. good. Yeah, nice. That's pretty damn cool. Um, where are you hoping to to head with your with your racing? What's what's the what's the goal? 
So I think I'd like to get another, probably another 12 months in the limited and providing we can get the funds together, I would love, absolutely love to have a run with the 410 guys. That's my ultimate goal. And aside from that, it's definitely on my bucket list is to get over to Knoxville Speedway. And yeah. even if it's in the C or the D main, I don't care as long as I actually get to put some wheels on the track and me in the car, I'm happy. <laughs> I've got to do that. But it would be nice actually to get over east and do some racing as well. They've got some pretty good tracks over east. The um, Usually when we get – get told about people's first times out on track we we get a bit of a, a bonehead story out of them but um you, you haven't said anything did you did you have any moments or that you want to that you can repeat that you want to repeat or are you just gonna <laughs> wish, that, wish that we never circled back to ask the question about that bonehead moments nothing comes to mind i'm very i'm a very cautious person like i i overanalyze a lot of things before I do them. So can't okay. have ever gone out of my way and done anything overly stupid that I can remember. I'll probably, once this finishes, I'll probably go, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Probably a bunch <laughs> of things I've done, but I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Fair call, fair call. All right, we're going to hand you over to Brent now. Um, and then um, once he's... Uh, had he's had a few questions and that and, um, we'll jump back and wrap it up cool yeah absolutely um so i can't claim all the questions i'm going to ask you because i got a few people that uh, gave me some stuff but uh oh god should i be worried <laughs> yeah i'm normally the techie guy and ask all that sort of stuff but uh, don't don't fear too much um uh, and the first one, we'll sort of carry on from the discussion we had, where we, where we turned into a travel podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one of one of our one of uh, a mate of mine, uh, he's a Carnarvon local. Uh, he's asked you to give Carnarvon a big plug. So, what's your one favourite thing about Carnarvon? I've actually never been to Carnarvon before. Ah. <laughs> oh. No. Fine. So, so this. So this is the first one for you going up there for it. This will be the very first trip that I go to Carnarvon Speedway. And there's a few tracks um, that I haven't run in WA, which I'm yet to do. But um, I've heard the track is like a small bull ring and it's very hooky, so lots of grip. Um, maybe you can, very similar to probably Geraldton. Geraldton's an awesome track as well. Um, it's small and it's fast, so. I'm hoping yeah, cool. we're going to have some better luck there, but I'm super excited to be able to get get some wheels down in um, Carnarvon and 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 do well, hopefully. Cool, cool. Well, that's um. So yeah, so for Scott, looking forward to getting to Carnarvon. Bullring, uh, limos are awesome on bullrings because you can get them to really sing. So yeah, um, definitely. That's pretty cool. We talked about Brian, so I can leave that one off the list. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Brian is the love of your life. He is a really rad little is he Staffy. He is. He's a yeah. white Staffy, but he actually come from a blue family. So he's, I've paid an arm and leg for him. But, but he is. He's, he's white. <laughs> yeah. He's just. But he's super cool, and he's such a casual, really cool little dog. He um, is. And he comes away racing with us a lot. The only place he's not allowed is the motorplex, unfortunately. So, but he'll come no. away with us up north. 
Oh, that's super cool. Um, and before we got on air, we talked a bit um, about lockdown, which helped you out in their hat. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of the punters, who you know who this is straight away, he wants to know where his hat is. Uh, he's an Englishman and gets burnt quite a lot. <laughs> the guy that's allergic to sunscreen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Bless him. <laughs> uh, it's actually still in the mail, but... <laughs> <laughs> Damn COVID mail slowdowns. The snail mail. <laughs> uh, he'll 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 uh, he'll uh, relate to that because he's been waiting for like three months to get these valve guides out of Italy and he's been stressing about it. So I get uh, cool. so, I get a reminder every week about that damn hat. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to do something about it now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he is an absolute firecracker though I, I love him he is a really good man of mine um on to the more serious stuff um uh fitness is your other passion obviously mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you're ridiculously fit i've seen you at the gym uh really embarrassing that i could not do even a third of the crap you're able to do there um how how is it like, how did you get into that? Is that a, is it a thing you just did to be fit, or was there something else about it that got you into it? Um, you know how, like, tell us how that tweaks. Because like, for a fat old dude like me, going to the gym, my wife who runs a lot and she's into her marathons and that, she's always like, yeah, yeah, you'll start to enjoy it, you'll feel better afterwards. That hasn't happened yet at all. Um, so, so what is it about the gym, and and how does that, how does that benefit your racing? We all know it benefits, right? But what, what do you find out about it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been training at Culture Fitness, who, funnily enough, are one of my sponsors this year. Um, shout out to Chris. He's awesome. He's um, a good he's so, a sponsor as well. He's fantastic. Yes, yep. So he's he's got my top wing, uh, sorry, my front wing. But, yeah, I've been training at that place for, um, I think I was early 20s. So at least 10 years I've been training there for, and I've always – you know, especially when I was younger, I was like, oh, into cardio and, and, you know, not eating much and just being super lean, which is always was tired and uh, just never had the motivation, I suppose, when I was really younger. But then I got right into it. Um, I buddied up with a good friend of mine who still trains there. And, um, yeah, I just got into the eating better and, and just saw the benefits it had not only just, you know, at the gym, but in my overall life, like I just, I feel great. The endorphins that it gives you as well is is so important in your everyday life. Um, But in terms of um, helping with my racing, um, obviously, you know, something that's going to stand out is the strength in my upper body to be able to drive the, the car and the sprint car, especially the car, obviously. And it's something that I, I still struggle with now because I've only sort of just started racing the outlaw cart, but they're so physically demanding on on your arms and your hands and it's it's incredible the, the amount of strength that you need to be able to finish a 25-lap feature in that cart. But even the sprint car, I remember when I first started racing, I was just took like mid, probably halfway through, I'd start getting really tired and everyone would say, you're really dropping off. You can actually see halfway through the feature you'd start to drop off. So I then changed my the way I was training and I was doing a lot more, um, you could probably say strength training, but incorporated with, um, with a lot of hit, so high-intensity sort of interval training. 
And that definitely helped a lot. And I remember one of the guys that I raced with was asking about it and I sort of I gave him a few pointers and he sort of helped him astronomically. So it, it mentally as well as physically it makes all the difference, especially when you're doing those 25, 50 lappers, like it's ridiculous. But not only that, it feels nice to, you know, put a pair of jeans on or, you you know, you've, favorite sort of fitted clothes and you just feel really good yeah it's just something that I've always enjoyed and something I'll probably always do because if I'm not working on the car or whatever I'll be at the gym I suppose (laughs) so I love it so how do you um so obviously Jim you're you're there quite a lot you're not like me where you just go once a week and as, as a token effort uh, to, to make yourself feel better and catch up on EastEnders with my English mate. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, and use the walking machines. The, how, how do you get, like, because you obviously, you work full time, um, you're running two cars, uh, and those that are no speedway cars just take so, so much work. The, uh, the cleaning, uh, maintenance, they're such basic cars, but so wildly maintenance intense at the same time. And set ups everything. You can't you can't half ass it in a, in a sprint car. You're nowhere, right? Mm. So how do you? And, and then uh, so work full time, uh, massive fitness freak, maintaining those cars, and you're hands on with them as well. So you, you know, um, and and your old man's a massive help, and but he's obviously busy with the, the business transition, all that stuff going on there as well. Yeah. And and dealing with the the emotive highs and low that's motorsport blowing up engines crashing cars getting ridden into uh, getting fenced all, all the crap that goes with it how, how do you deal with it all how, how do you make that work because obviously um well that would melt most people's brains right yes <laughs> i'll tell you what the last um i think it's been the last three or four rounds and, and a combination of, of this whole season, to be honest. But it's, it's been so unbelievably testing to the point where I just think, what am I doing? Like, how am I still here doing this? And I don't know, I guess it's a lot of people say Speedway does build resilience and it sure as hell does because if you're not resilient, you just don't make it and you just got to keep picking yourself up and, and keep going and keep doing it. And no matter how much it crushes you, it, you can't, you'll never make it, I suppose, if you just give up. And, and you know, Dad's made me a, a really resilient sort of person, which is lucky, but otherwise I probably wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I think it's, a combination of just having such a busy life as well. You don't get a whole lot of time to sort of dwell on the bad parts of Speedway. You know, as soon as, as soon as we finish, we pack up that whole week is, you know, prepping and maintaining. And especially if we've had a crash or an engine blow up or something like that, those, those days turn into sort of 15 hour days. Like it's, it's really long and I don't get home till, you know, some nights, eight, nine o'clock, even later. And, my day usually starts at about sort of 4.30. I'm up at the gym. So it, it, and with that comes tiredness and, you know, you feel worn out, but you just pick yourself up and you just keep going again. The, the feeling of being out there and, and having that fun well outweighs the bad times, obviously. But when the bad times are bad, they're really, really bad. And 
and I'm sure anyone could probably say that in Speedway as well, that one small oh, yes. move and cool. it just crushes you to pieces. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know how you do it. Like, you know, I take on a lot of projects and, and in my professional job as well, I take on a lot of stuff, but uh, you, you're at the next level. You take the cake. Um, <laughs> maybe I should get fitter. Maybe, no, that'd be telling it does you help because you tend to keep up with everything. <laughs> Oh man, I, I don't know how you do it. And and I forgot to mention on the side, you do the you help the guys at the off road rush doing some of the driver tuition there. That's kind of a new thing. Do you want to give us a, a spiel about that and and what you get out of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, um, uh, one of my friends introduced me to um, Ben and Amy who run Off Road Rush, which who also are one of my um, sponsors for this season as well. They're on my top wing. Um, I met them late last year and it's sort of once every six weeks I was this is when I was just running the sprint car I'd um go and do a full or a couple like a whole weekend for them obviously buying experience and and I do the driving instructing in the in the rally car and I actually really enjoyed it there was a couple of times there where I got a bit car sick though which was really embarrassing because I'm so used to going around and, and doing stuff with motorsport and being around fumes and all that sort of stuff. But there was one in particular time that we had the windows up cause it was raining so heavy and I'm not great with the windows up obviously. And this, I thankfully had this lady in the car with me and she was really lovely. And we'd sort of, we'd finished her laps and, um, got towards the end of it and I'd actually I had to rip my helmet off and I threw up like I was so so sick and Ben and Amy were just laughing at me I was so embarrassed at that point but um it's really good I suppose for me being out there and, and teaching other people and especially some of these young people that come through like you know if I can transfer any of my sort of skills onto them it's it's a really nice feeling for me to be able to give that away is, I, you know, it's hard for me. No one ever, re I never had anyone to sort of teach me apart from my dad. So it's nice if I can give any anything like that back. But I've had to, I've sort of narrowed down a bit on that only because the times that they run them, I've obviously got two things that I'm running now. So it's either Speedway or carts that I'm running. So I have been out of action on their behalf for, the majority of this race season, unfortunately, but as soon as the racing concludes, which is um, May, obviously be able to step back in and, and give them a hand. Yeah, cool. It's um, yeah, it's funny the sickness story. So I've, I've done a couple of coaching days uh, with some of the driving schools and stuff they've done uh, at WASC over the years, and I'm a crap passenger. <laughs> I'm hopeless, man. I really, I get car sick. It's bizarre. And, and do you know what I know is really funny? I get casting on go-karts. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because you're not not looking further enough ahead or – but, yeah, the cars um, – and I did one training round down at Collier. This was about four years ago, and I remember this um, – I mean, everyone's trying to kill you. That's the whole thing. People, These guys just <laughs> – and especially road cars. They, they, guys that aren't racers, right? Yeah. Um, they get on the power in the weird places. They break in weird spots, and you're trying to – Smooth and the, basically we're trying to just get a bit smoother, right? But um, man, I, I, yeah, I get casting. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm the same. Like I'm not great, and anyone would probably say, "Oh no, that's bullshit." But yeah, I do get really, really casting because if I'm not driving or 
you know, the fumes or something or windows up as well. I just, I'm like, no, I can't do this. So I always take, um, I think it's quells or the classic. Yeah. yeah. I always take those when I go out and do the driving instructing. Now that that's just a given because I'll never want to be in that situation again. It was just lucky that I had a lady of, and you don't get a whole lot of female passengers and just, that was, yeah, that was very lucky. <laughs> I still cop so much crap about that that day as well. <laughs> I don't think that yeah, would live that down. Those boys aren't shy giving it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're like Jay's really cool. Dita's, yeah, well, <laughs> we get started on Dita. No, he's a, good, he's yeah. a really good name. <laughs> um, but Chris, um, so my Chris that helps out with that, he is, uh, he reckons it's dead set helps his driving, driving that rally car with it. So yeah. I think uh, he's hit and miss on the track. He's going to hate me for saying that, but he's had so much bad luck with that BMW, right? Um, but after doing a season helping out with the off-road rush, he came out in the wet at Collie and uh, almost won um, just because he's so confident and slipping the car around and so just so neutral. Uh, I think it's just awesome. Actually, I was having a conversation with him the other day about this. Um, now that I've been in Speedway for a couple of years, I feel like my driving, if I was to go back to circuit racing, I'd be a completely different driver because – 90% of the time you're out of control on the speedway. That's how you drive the sprint cars. Whereas on a track, you know, tarmac, you've got to make sure that everything's precise and you're taking every corner and you're not, you know, you're letting the back end go out or anything like that. Whereas I feel like now I'd be a lot more confident in if it was to happen and I'd have more control over the car. But any of that sort of driving, especially with off-road rush, it does definitely help your abilities in controlling the car. Yeah, abs- absolutely. The um, yeah, that ability just to feel confident in the car and speedway is different. So that's sort of that's a really good segue into it. The um, Flynn's just coming to say good day. It's really funny. Um, so like what I found the couple of tears out I had in the wingless, which is nothing like a limo and and nowhere near a, you know a big four ten. But the cars are so odd to drive until you go around a corner, right? They just mm-hmm. don't feel like they're going to do what you want them to do until they do it. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's bonkers. Um, and that, that was me. You know, I grew up with a lot of family. I've still got a lot of family in New Zealand, still race the Speedway. A lot of really good friends in it that, that perform it at a really high level. But the uh, how did you how did you transition from, you know, something like a WRX, which is different to even, a, you know, a full drive platform, still different to a traditional rear drive or a little front drive car, um, how did you, how did you get your head around it the first time? Did you get some help from, from Ash who, you know, he, uh, admittedly hadn't been in the sport too long or did you, uh, the limo class has got a lot of really long termers in there, which is really cool. But, um, who did you, how did you get your head around that? Um, or did you just go send it? Yeah, pretty much. I had, um, one go on the simulator at Racecraft. So I went and saw John at Racecraft out at, I think it's the RAC, um, the old RAC track now near the airport. I went out there and had a go and I was terrible on the simulator. I threw it off so many times. It actually threw the, um, the whole simulator off its um, stand that it had. So I had to get off and they couldn't. Oh, wow. I was terrible at it. I wasn't great at all. But And I just remember thinking, oh, no, what am I going to be doing? You know, get in and then I have my practice and it was nowhere near as bad. But it's – 
it's pretty amazing how, like, especially for me, I went out there and I picked it up pretty quickly in terms of, you know, getting the car around the corner. But it is weird. You're sitting in the car and it's sort of tilting downwards to the left. Like you've obviously got your bigger right rear and your, your, big, your taller tyre pressures on anything on the right side. And the wing and everything, when you're rolling around, the wheel is like shuddering. It just feels mm. so bizarre. Nothing's smooth in those cars until you're going flat tack down the track. Like they're just, it's not until then it's you're getting that smooth run and you're like, oh, it makes sense now. But if you've got the wrong setup in your car or anything like that, it can feel horrible, like just like you're fighting with the car the whole time. And I've, I've done that a bunch of times and, um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy. Yeah, absolutely not. That's, and yeah, it's, it's just different. Is there anything that you found, um, you know, I'm probably going to drag on a little bit here, but I've, I'm kind of keen on this side of it. Is there anything you found that transitioned over if it's the, un like, and the other thing is with Speedway that really twists me off is everything is done in Imperial. So, like, yeah, I nerd out on car setup and wheel alignments and stuff like that, and then you have to learn it all in Imperial, and a lot of stuff's the same toe and um, rake and and um, caster and all that sort of stuff in the front end. That's all pretty similar, and the car does the same things and and tight and loose and da 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 da. But is there anything that you found that that transitioned over? You're like, oh yeah, that's just like when I do this on black track. Hmm. Not really. The only thing that I really took from circuit racing is just preparing myself, but obviously speedway is so different. Like when you're getting yourself prepared, like having, I've got to have a checklist of everything that I have in my bag and I have to double, triple check it. Circuit racing is a little bit more forgiving, I suppose. Like I used to wear my gym tights underneath my race suit, um, which is not no scrutiny ever heard that no no, no but i used to do it all the time i used to wear a t-shirt under like a singlet but speedway like it is, no not at all i just even the fact even if i was to, i just i would never ever do it it to me i'm so more strict with myself when it comes to the night before like I, I generally don't drink the week before i don't train the night before like there's certain things that i do to prepare that i'm so strict with that I guess a little bit of it came from circuit racing, but it's sort of emphasised even more. But nothing else really that I would take from circuit racing because it's a little bit different. Or maybe the reaction time off the start because you've got to be really quick. If you're not if you're not on it, you're left behind. You get swarmed by bees on that start, and it's you know it's the same with the reaction time of lining up on the grid, grid at um, Barbagallo you know, just waiting for those lights, you can kind of guess it. But, um, yeah, I remember Dad saying, like, if, if he'll find the um, anything metric and he's like, no, nah, get it out of the bloody toolbox. What's this shit doing in here? Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, I spent, completely different. <laughs> I spent a fortune on Imperial tools. Like, it's, uh, yeah, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and, but man, you can, you can build a whole car with it with a 916 pretty much. You, you can. <laughs> That's, yeah, one of the most common spanners, that and a 716. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty but, um, sad that I know all that, but anyway. Yeah, no, but that's good. It shows like you're actually on the gear, which is a, a, a good thing, you know? Yeah. Um, really cool that you've got that. And it was a really, that was a really cool, um, 
sort of segue just then um, into the question I always ask. Um, do you have any random pre-race superstitions? So you're obviously a hell of a, a uh, OCD freak when it comes to planning what you have in your kit bag. Um, and you don't drink before, the week before the event, um, which is, I don't know how you get any car prep done if you don't drink. Um, and Because <laughs> <laughs> every Wednesday night maintenance night I've ever been to revolves around beer, pizza, and maybe putting an engine in a chassis. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, have you got any weird – because we've had some weird and wonderful ones, you know, from green socks to toilet stalls to my dumb one with Dorian's. Uh, like, have you got a weird, any weird superstitions that you have to, like, throw you out if you don't do it? Funny that you say that. At the motor, And it only ever happens at the motorplex. Whenever I go to the bathrooms there, it's always it has to be the first cubicle. I don't know why. Every time I'm ah, another, another cubicle, one. it's, I don't know. I just I'm, I can't do it. Even Wednesday night when I went there last night, I was like, mm, no. Nah. I don't know why. I don't know what ever made me do that. I mean, aside from that, the only other thing that I do, um, and for anyone that wears a hands device, you probably understand this, is um, there's been a couple of times where I've strapped my, um, put my hands device onto my helmet and I've banged my head forward that's actually unclipped, so obviously I didn't have it on. So whether or not that, it's just an instant reaction, but I always have to do it five or ten times before I actually get pushed off. And I, even though I know it's fine, I still have to do it. And obviously banging the steering wheel up to make sure it's locked in because I've heard some pretty bad stories that they've they've come off midway through a race or something like that because I've not clicked it in properly. But I guess that's more of um, checking my safety, but not so much superstitious apart from the weird toilet block thing. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that toilet block thing's a, a definite thing. And uh, for all you competitors that listen, don't listen to the Grant Johnson episode because uh, he's got a way of combating that. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's, a, uh, it's a thing, man. And like I was saying to Shane, like I'd never, I'd never considered it before. You always go for your nervous one, right, before you go out. Um, <laughs> so we're done at Collie recently for one of the state rounds, and it twigged me out. So morning sabbatical pre-driver's briefing, after driver's briefing, go for a nervous one, someone's in there. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> what am I going to do? Did Weird. you go to another go one? <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah, it's it's a thing, man. I, I get it. So there's a heap of supercar drivers that have the same weird thing. So uh, if you're racing any of them, just go get your danger tape out and lock that one off. You're good to go. <laughs> but uh, It's, it's kind of strange. Nah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. Um, I, I won't hold you up much longer. I could keep rambling on uh, with heaps of stuff. Um, you know, I was keen to see, uh, you know, how you transition across, how you got into it. One last question I've got uh, before I give you back to Shane is um, numbers and speedway are a big thing. There's kind of a superstition around it. Same with circling, but everyone has their own favorite numbers, but people get uh, – you know, you chop and change a little bit more in circuit because there's only so many, but uh, uh, you're obviously 90. Is there a special reason for the number 90? Um, probably not really anything overly special. So um, when Dad had the two-car team and Ash Barnett was racing, he had the 99 and the other, obviously, nine number was 90 that was available. So we thought we'd take that. Um, and Dad picked it for me, so I'll take that as being special. <laughs> But no significance. Oh. I had a different circuit racing number, so 
and, ah, and cool. boat racing as well. They've all been different, so. No, that's cool. Oh, no, it's really wicked to talk to you. Um, your old man's a legend. I'm still kicking myself that when I first moved to WA, I never brought that uh, truck in RX-7, really the IP RX-7 he had that he sold, well, and it went we stupid were, cheap. We were talking about that yesterday. I can't believe you bought that up. He still kicks himself now about how cheap he sold that. <laughs> yeah, that was um, – that was so cheap, and it was such a such a cool rig. And I, and I to this day, I wish I'd brought that instead of a lot of the other cars I've brought since I've been in WA. But now, really cool to cool to chat here. Um, really cool to bring up some of the funny questions people have asked. I know the guys, and you've got a lot of fans in Carnarvon that are really keen to get you up there. Oh, that's so, amazing! Um, <laughs> so really, really cool. And uh, yeah, I'll chuck you back to Shane. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it. Um. If you were able to um, have a mentor for your racing um, or you went back and did circuit racing and, you know, you did an enduro and you had to pick a teammate uh, to run with, who out of all of motorsport history, you know, live, dead, retired, hmm. who, would, who would you want to jump in a car with? and get pointers off? God, that's a hard question. I've never thought about that before. I probably, there's probably two people, one that I really, really want to meet and one person that I would love to mentor me. Um, so I'd love to meet um, Tornado Tori. She's in Minnesota. She's a 410 driver. Um, she runs her own team. But for absolute firecracker. She is amazing. I love that girl and I so badly want to meet her one day. But um, maybe if I had to do an enduro, I don't think there's anyone else I could pick apart from Kyle Larson. He is a gun at anything he gets in. He's just, he's unbelievable. He's off this planet. <laughs> so I'd have to pick him. Never had anyone pick Kyle Larson's. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he is, how much has he rocked the US scene? Uh, like from NASCAR, um, you know, the, the kind of misdemeanor he had, came out, cleaned up anything from late models to non-wing sprints to, you know, the, the outlaw category. He just, he's a freak. He just Unreal. dominates. It's absolutely incredible. But um, I'd definitely be having a drinking challenge with his wife afterwards, that's for sure. <laughs> Shane, if you don't know, you, you've got to look it up. So there's a whole cult following for Kyle Larson's wife because yeah. the way she chugs a, a Bud Light at every uh, – and he's on the podium every time he races. And uh, she's obviously ultra fit as well. Um, you know, he's he's punching well above his weight there. But uh, there is – she's got her own cult following just for being the, the, the maddest, best woman in, in the scene. She's, she's funny. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna. This lady right here that we're showing on the screen right now. That's the one. <laughs> now that is a woman. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure. I'll just uh, make sure yeah. I put that into the description. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I bet she drinks on maintenance nights. Oh, she probably <laughs> would. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, Luke, 
Brian just walked past your door and gave me stink eye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's his dinner? <laughs> oh, anyway, um, look, great talking with you. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's cool to see, um, yeah, like just new faces appearing, you know, not just, you know, the same families over and over. Uh, competing in motorsport because you know motorsport always needs new blood um, and yeah it's um hopefully your trip you go well and you get back to perth and then yeah next season hopefully be a a kick-ass season for you let's hope so we're all going new colors next year so i'm super excited to be able to do a reveal later this year which will be nice Changing uh, the narrative. Do really cool car reveals. <laughs> well, you might want to might want to get in touch with them. <laughs> oh, I think I might hey, know who any, that is. <laughs> <laughs> any any hints? Are we going to some really rad? Go, cool? go check out. I'm going to just give this one hint. Go check out Laura Burns's car reveal. Yes, I love her design. When she cracked out with the pink, I was like, "That's awesome!" Because no one has yeah. pink cars these days. I have mine in circuit racing. As soon as I came yeah. to Speedway, Dad's like, no, you're not having any pink on that car. I was like, oh. So I ended up getting well, pink, have... pink wheel cover. I was allowed that and pink gloves. Yeah. But that's gone now. I've still got my gloves. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you should go pink. <laughs> yeah. um, Miami Miami heat pink, you know, like the whole that retro throwback you're seeing in a lot of the Yankee stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that looks good. I love the fluoro colours, but unfortunately they just don't last. No, they blow, they blow out in the sun too. It's a, an unfortunate truth. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the speedways where it's at for the like, so limos have some of the some really cool liveries because they're not over commercialized like some of the the outlaws are or yeah. some of the four tens are. Yeah. Uh, late models have some wild liveries, but limos like, oh, what's the team? La, not this season they didn't have it. Last season they had that freaky three D ish Spider Man oh. rap thing going on that thing just looks like my kids loved it so it's really really cool and uh i think he did really well down at bunno one of the rounds i crewed down there so yeah he's yeah. A, he's a really nice guy as well yeah but yeah you know the car like just ultra cool yeah something. thing you know really different to anything else we've, yeah we've got all new colors i won't i won't give away any of those but um definitely gonna will it be on the hat it's a new design what's that will it be on the hat Ooh, maybe. <laughs> no, Chris will be asking that. He'll be wanting a hat. I'll have to give him one now. <laughs> just just for the record. Just um, to stop him. Oh, nice one. You got Laura. Yeah, of- so, you oh, know, like if you, if you ever want to replace, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can always send me a hat too. I think Chris would kill me if I hooked you up with a hat before him. He'd have a dummy spit, so I better sort him out. Uh, English guys don't have dummy spits at all. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think we better end that before end this episode before we go yeah. down the path that we oh, don't want to go. Chris, he's copped it all all this whole podcast. Oh, he cops it all the time. That's, but he is such a great dude, <laughs> and uh, I'm getting on the on the lurch with him big time on Saturday night. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Um, yeah. No. I'm glad we brought up some cool stuff, like how to how to balance being rad, how to transition across, how cool your old man is. Um, you know, let's just buy it. Done. Love cool. I love because that's what I'm like. I'm like, that's a cool idea. Okay, done. Right. Stupidest ideas ever. Um, transition across multiple codes. Um, 
just cool. And then segue into Kyle Larson's wife. Yeah. So hopefully he gets to Knoxville and you can you can smash some beers back with her. That would be That's definitely that would be on cool. my bucket list for sure. <laughs> and and on that note, uh, end of episode. Thanks for joining us, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Brent, pleasure as always. Thank you very much, mate. You're a legend. And, uh, yeah, two two episodes away from fifty. Who's going to be the big five zero guest? We'll find out very soon. Shane here from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow or visit our website, behindthesport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news. Find all of our previous episodes. And, of course, you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider, such as Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes and more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.